Well, here we are, traditional Sunday. It's, uh, I really enjoy. Uh, this is, I think, our third annual time we've done this. To, um, and I look forward to it. I know that a lot of you enjoy it as well. Uh, also want to say, uh, great job with the Harvest, uh, Hartford Harvest Fest. It was uh, excellent, excellent work, you all. And uh, beauty pageant as well. Great job, Hannah. I know Hartford Christian was well represented yesterday. Saw a whole bunch of people out in our community. And Debbie won the chili cook-off, from what I understand. Uh, pretty sure Maggie won, like, Grand Pumbaa Beauty Contest, right? <laughs> Ultimate Grand Supreme Pumbaa. All right. She did real well. Uh, Mandy also did real well. Good job. Uh, was blessed. Was blessed. And Brian, good job. Everett, good job. Appreciate you guys very, very much. Don't forget, like Scott already said, about our uh, own... Uh, fall festival on October 29th, um, going to be a pretty awesome deal, I think. We should uh, really see a lot from the community out, and we're going to push it hard for the next month. And, of course, we are going to need your help with that. So uh, just be prepared to be here and help that day. Uh, sometimes people ask me, like, Brother Mikey, there's something that you really need me to do. Now you let me know. I'm letting you know, all right? I need you here that day to help out because I think it's a big thing for our, for our church, our congregation, and our outreach into the community. Anyhow, as we go forward with traditional Sunday, uh, again, the screen's going to go up. Not even going to use a PowerPoint today. Boy, oh boy, I sure do prepare sermons differently without the screen. I use a lot of visual aids, and um, I make no apologies for that. But sometimes uh, it's good to kind of get away from that for a minute as well. Uh, oh, I wanted to also say, uh, since this is fall break, uh, we have a lot of folks out traveling. Please have them in your prayers. And um, also, uh, we are going to play pickleball still this Tuesday at 10 o'clock and Thursday at 10. Uh, but Tuesday at 10 o'clock, I'm really pushing. If you can make it out that day, we sure would love to have you come and enjoy that time of fellowship. Uh, but for now, would you all please stand? We're going to read some scripture. and uh, This is our main text for the day. And I want to read it together. Psalm 145, I'm going to read verses 1 through 7. I will exalt you, my God and King, and praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim, pro- proclaim your greatness. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing with joy about your righteousness. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for being such a great and awesome God. Lord, we want to worship you in every way with our lives. Every single day, help us, Lord, to, to be the Christians that you want us to be, following you all the way. Lord, thank you so very much for our church and our church family. Help us to um, be obedient to you as we reach out into our community, as we strengthen each other. Lord, we thank you for making all this possible through your son, Jesus. In his most precious name, we pray. Amen. Please be seated. So you can kind of look in your bulletin today and see the direction that we're going. We're going to talk about the old hymn, How Great Thou Art. Now, that is in your bulletin, the number, but I'm going to tell you again, that's page Number 10, if you want to look at that as we're talking about it, as well as some of the other songs that we sang today, we are going to look at it. So, how great thou art. That's, that's a statement for sure, to say, how great are you, Lord? Like, wow, you are 
our God is great. He, he is awesome. But now let me ask you, how great is he? Can we possibly uh, fathom how great thou art? Can we possibly understand? Do we really understand? We might say, I understand that our God is truly, magnificently, awesomely great. But do we really, really grasp it? Do we get it? What his greatness means? Or what it means to us? What it means for our responsibility as Christians, as we follow him and fish for people, to really understand his greatness, does, does that change our responsibility or does it change our focus? As we worship, as we share, as we obey, as we truly grasp the joy that we have in the Lord, do we get it? Write that down in your bulletin. We still have the outline in there today. Do we get it? Do we get what matters? Do we get that when we fish for people, it's because God told us to love in his great command, right? He said, love people, love God with all your heart. As we follow him, do we understand that that means that we love God? Do we get it? Do we understand what matters? Traditional Sunday is fun, no doubt about it. I, like I said, really enjoy it. I was even thinking, sitting there, maybe we need to have another one. At some point, maybe six months from now. Uh, because there's a lot of families traveling today, and they're, they're missing out. Maybe we need to. It's, it's traditional, right? It's uh, just the things that we like to do. It doesn't necessarily matter. What, what matters? Is it the tie? Is it Scott's bow tie? It wasn't too long ago. Now, I want you to think about this. I want you to think about this. It wasn't too long ago in our country's history where a preacher... Took a lot of heat. And you know why? Because he didn't wear a powdered wig. Think about that. You know what I'm talking about? Those old-timey wigs that they used to wear? Well, at some point, the preachers, they wore those things. And until expansion uh, into the West started happening in our own country, uh, they wore them. And what started out many uh, decades, hundreds of years before, over in England and Europe, uh, had carried over to the States, uh, to the New World, and preachers wore those powder wigs. But then one Sunday, someone said, you know what, this, I don't have to do this. This isn't what it is about. This isn't meaning that I get it. This isn't, this isn't necessary. And of course, of course, culture changes, fashion changes. No, it's, it's not about the tie or the dress or, or the attire. It's about loving God. And loving people. And us as a church and as a church family, really being able to understand how great God is so that we can share it. We're marching to Zion. We didn't sing that one today because we sang it just a few weeks ago. One of my all-time favorite hymns. It was written by Isaac Watts. Um, he lived from 1674 to 1748. So we're talking hundreds of years ago this song was written. I mean, what is that? Uh, almost pushing 300 years ago when this song was written. And, of course, the music would have been written uh, 100 years or so later by Robert Lowry. But uh, why did Isaac Watts write this song? Now, there's scripture references in there uh, to the book of Isaiah that I'm not going to share today. But because there was a controversy in his church, they were an independent congregational church over in England, I believe, maybe Scotland. And the controversy was, should we sing psalms or should we sing these newfound crazy contraption that all the kids are talking about called hymns? You ever heard of a hymn? 
Of course we've heard of a hymn. But again, time changes, right? Jesus doesn't change. Hebrews 13.8 tells us he stays the same yesterday and today and forever. The scripture also tells us that we should worship God singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. But in Isaac Watts' church, unlike many others, there was, there was church splits all over the place back then because the older crowd wanted just to sing the psalms like they always had. And the, the younger crowd wanted to sing these hymns that they had written for different reasons that had some scriptural basis as well. So Isaac Watts uh, wanted to do more of a blended service, which, you know, I've said since day one coming here, I think it's important to do a blended service. Because why? Because we've got people of all kinds of tastes, of ages, of backgrounds. It's like we, what do we call ourselves? A church what? Family. When you go to your Thanksgiving table here in a month or so, and you sit around that Thanksgiving table, are you just going to give what the kids want? Because there'll be no turkey, you'll have chicken nuggets, right? Or are you just going to give uh, what, what grandma wants? Because then maybe it's just cranberry sauce. No, you have something up there for everyone because it's a family. We've got old, we've got middle-aged, we've got young parents, and we've got kids, and we've got a whole bunch of babies if you missed it a couple weeks ago. Isaac Watts, though, did something a little bit different than blending them all together. What he did was he, they decided that they would go ahead and sing the psalms first and then have the message, and then they'd sing the hymns. This is the problem with that, though. Here's what happened to his church. Because the ones that were the, the, the psalmists that wanted to just sing the psalms, they would sing the psalms, and they would listen to the message, and then when those hymns started in protest, they would get up and leave. Wow! Now think about that for a second. Did they get it? Did they truly understand the greatness of God? Or was it just about them? They didn't get it for sure. We've got to worship God in all that we do. We've got to be there for each other. But whereas they didn't get it, we must. And I feel that we do, quite honestly. I think our church does, does great with that. That's just a good example, though, of what we've got to do as we go forward to reach people for Christ. Listen, if we get folks in here from other churches that come in because they find out and they hear and the reputation is starting to grow for our church and what we're doing, and it's awesome. If they come in, we, we welcome them in. But you know our target audience is unchurched. People that don't know the Lord. People that aren't going anywhere. People who really have never heard about Jesus because we all need him. We've got to share him. We've got to understand that when we really get it, we, we have one mind and one purpose, like we talked about last week from the verse in Philippians. And that purpose, again, is to follow Jesus and to fish for men and in the meantime, learn about our great God. So to do that, to really get it, I think that as we look today at how great thou art, we must consider. Number one, let's consider. And consider means to think carefully before deciding. Verses one and two of the hymn say, O Lord, my God, when I am awesome, when I in awesome wonder, consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. And then we didn't sing verse two, but it goes right with it. When through the woods and forest glades I wander, and hear the birds sing sweetly in the trees, when I look down from lofty mountain grandeur and hear the brook and feel the gentle breeze. You don't, don't you just want to say, now then sings my soul? Like It's hard to stop there, but we, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So what are, what are these two verses about? 
It's about observing. Write down, listen, look, and feel. How great is God? Listen. Look and feel. Even now as we listen, we can hear the rain. We can hear the thunder. We are, we, we are babies. Oh, man, that's great God, isn't it? Even now, as, as we think about uh, looking around and seeing so many people who are striving, who are desiring to follow Jesus and fish for people. Oh, yeah, our God is great, no doubt about it. Or, or as we feel in our hearts that forgiveness that we have received. That's awesome. Isn't it obvious when we do that? And when we look around at nature, and we look at the stars in the sky, and when we start to look at, at the, the, the trees and the forest and the animals and the rainbows and so many other things. Wow, our God is great indeed. And there's no excuse for us not to see that. Romans chapter 1 verse 20. It says this. Forever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. There's no excuse, folks, for us to not know God. To not at least be able to start to fathom how great he truly is. There's no excuse. So what about how great thou art? And actually, the song was called, O Store Good. Right? O, and then the word store, and then good, G-U-D. Because that's in Swedish. That's in Swedish. It was written by a Swedish man named Carl Gustav Boberg. And he lived back uh, from 1859 to 1940. But uh, the hymn, of course, got translated from there into many languages. Uh, German and then Russian and then and finally into English by uh, Stuart K. Hine, who also added a verse. Uh, maybe even a couple of verses. Uh, because why? Uh, because this song, uh, really, it says so much and to me and to you and to so many others and to so many others across the world. However, as much as those guys did, really, uh, the effort that was made, uh, the song was made popular by a man named George Beverly Shea and Cliff Barrows. Some of you may know these guys or heard of them. They were the, uh, the music team to the Billy Graham Crusades. And they used this song, and they used it a lot. And because of what they did in, that, in those crusades, telling people about Jesus, this is now considered the second all-time favorite hymn. How great thou art is. Can you guess what number one is? Amazing Grace. That's right. Good. Uh, so the original writer, Boberg, he was inspired on his way home. Some say maybe he was going from one church to another to give the message that day. And he just looked around. He saw there was a storm. There was thunder. There was lightning. There was wind. There was rain. And then as quickly as it came, it went. And then what do you have, when that happens, what is there? A rainbow. He finally got to his home and overlooked the bay, uh, and he, he saw the calmness, and he heard a thrush, a bird singing. And it just kind of got him thinking about how great God was. Uh, literal translation is, oh, great God. Uh, now, just to go even further about what Boberg did, this song wasn't widely used in Sweden at the time because being a missionary was persecuted. It was illegal at the time in Sweden. So it was used in the, the Swedish underground church for many, many years 
eventually again making its way to Russia, and finally to our hymn books. See, but the fact is, this guy, as tough of a time as he was going through, even when times are tough, God is great. Even when times are great, God is great, for sure. But even when times are tough, God is great. Even as we see so much evil in our own neighborhoods and our country, God is great. Even when we look at our world and we wonder about wars and rumors of wars, our God is great. And his power is awesome. And it is displayed in both universal and local ways. Universally, we saw in the verses, the stars, the heavens, the storms, the thunder, those invisible qualities that we just don't quite understand sometimes. But then even locally, we see God's greatness and nature all around us, even in us, in our hearts. I want you to think about that. Do you see God's greatness in your own heart? Maybe even the change that you had in your life when you accepted Jesus as your Savior. Think about it. And that goes to verse 3. To think means to direct one's mind towards someone or something. And in this case, we're talking about someone, our Lord Jesus. Verse 3 says, And when I think that God, his son not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in, that on the cross my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. Think about how great God's love is. I think that... uh, The writer said it very well here. I can scarce take it in what God did for me, how much he loved me, what Jesus did for me. Romans chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all. Won't he also give us everything else so what can we what can we see about uh, about this what does this mean for us it means god sent his son god's love is so great that he sent his son and it took our sins write any of these down if you want that he gladly took our burden of sin that we were lost without him We were completely separated from God because of our own sin and our own lives. And he sent his son for us. That's a great love indeed. And and Ryan, your, your communion meditation went great with this. See, because God's love was so great that he sent his son, we have a solid rock to stand. We've got a rock that is better than all the ages. We've got Jesus Christ. Rock of Ages, another great hymn, of course, and that's on page 342 if you want to look, look at it. Uh, Eddie, uh, some of the things you said earlier, spot on. That song was written by August Toplady. I, I think he might have been Irish. It might have been like, August Toplady. I don't know. But uh, 1763, again, uh, 250 years old. What happened again? He was walking. There was a storm. He was going from, maybe from a church to another church, maybe from a church to home. God was on his mind. God's greatness was on his mind that day. As he walked, the storm came and he sought shelter in a gap of a rock, a gorge. And that particular spot where this man hid away from the storm is still there today. And they've, they've marked it that this is where he got the inspiration for the song Rock of Ages. That shelter, that protection that he had reminded him of the same thing that we are given through the true rock of ages, Jesus Christ. So 
Psalm 94, 22 says, The Lord is my fortress. My God is the mighty rock where I hide. No doubt August Toplady thought of that verse that day. What does this rock of ages get us? So it's going to give us that, that, that strong faith, that assurance of that faith in the atoning sacrifice of Jesus. And the double cure is something that's mentioned in this song. And what, what does that mean? It's going to mean to me, it's going to mean justification and sanctification like we've talked about on Wednesday nights. Let me explain what that means to you. Justification means we have been declared righteous because of Christ's atoning sacrifice. Thanks to him and his blood. And that sanctification part uh, means that, that we are going to live a holy life. We are going to do our best to follow him. We're going to follow. We're going to fish. We've been declared righteous. And we've been assured that we must live righteously. We've been told that we must follow. And we've been told that we must live a forgiven life. Galatians 3.27 is a good verse to support that. All who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. See, death, burial, and resurrection. We can't just say death and burial, now our sins are gone. Death, burial, and resurrection. Put the old life behind. It's dead. Live that resurrected new life. You're forgiven, now live that way. We know how great God is, so we desire to obey him in all that we say and do. Now, folks, I don't know about you, but that right there means a lot to me. And that most certainly is something that we must proclaim. Taking us to verse 4 of the song. Would Christ shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home? What joy shall fill my heart? Then I shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim, my God, how great thou art. She's sharing how great God is with all people. That's something we've got to proclaim every day. We've got to do it with our actions. We've got to do it with our attitude. We've got to do it with our behavior that matches our belief. We've got to do it humbly. We've got to do it with joy in our hearts. We have to have humble adoration. And then next to that, write down joy or rejoice or sing it or whatever it is that you want to write down there. But we've got to do it with a smile on our face because we have a reason to rejoice. Psalm 105, 1 through 4. Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know what he has done. Sing to him. Yes, sing his praises. Tell everyone about his wonderful deeds. Exalt him and his holy name. Rejoice, you who worship the Lord. Search for the Lord and for his strength. Continually seek him. Yeah, we got to sing it. We most certainly have to sing it. Taking us to the song, I will sing the wondrous story. Man, I really loved singing that one. I really, really enjoyed it. That was written by a couple guys, F.H. Rowley, who was an evangelist, a preacher, and uh, he wrote the words for the, the, the musician Peter B. Billhorn, who would go on to create and invent the Billhorn organ. Um, they wrote this together in 1886. Billhorn said, hey, you know what? Uh, Rowley's sermon that night was something about sharing the story of Jesus. And Billhorn said, hey, write, write some words down for that. I'll put it to some music. That was it. That, that's all it took. And then Rowley went and wrote the words, brought it to Billhorn. The rest 
is history, and it finally made it our way to its way to our hymnals. But see what happened there. We had epic situations so far. We've had Isaac Watts and a church split type situation. We've had the Rock of Ages where there was hiding from a terrible storm. We've seen How Great Thou Art, same kind of thing, looking around. I have a story to tell about why I wrote this song. But when it all comes down to it, there doesn't have to be an epic moment for us to proclaim how great God is. We don't have to have a near-death experience. We don't have we don't have to have that 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 moment where uh, just something strange happens. There doesn't have to be a storm. There doesn't have to be lightning or thunder. Because when we look around and we see our world, we know how great God truly is. When we see how He's affected our lives and the forgiveness that we have, we know how great God is. There is nothing more epic than God sending His Son Jesus to die for us. There's nothing in your life that can happen that'll be more important than that, I promise you. The moment that you accept him is your epic moment. Nothing is better than that. See, nothing beats the greatest gift of all. The greatest gift of all times ever. That's why we have a responsibility to tell folks about that wondrous story. To tell the story of Jesus and you. Christians, we have a story to tell. And that story must be told with our mouths telling the whole world and everybody we know. That story must be told with our actions and our attitude, how we behave. Let us tell it with great joy, with gladness. Let us tell it with singing souls. Let us tell this wondrous story, not for our own benefit, but because we get it. Because we get it. Why are we here today? Eternity is on the line. For our own salvation's sake. For our own worship. Are we here today because this is just what we do and it's it's just tradition to come? No, we're here because we know how great God is. How great he's been to us. When we invite people to come in, do we invite them to come in as long as we do things exactly the way we want to do it and have always done it? No, we invite them to come in because we want to tell them the best story of all time. The story of Jesus. And we're going to do it with singing souls. So I have to ask you, does your soul sing? Today is your soul singing. Tomorrow will your soul be singing. If I don't have a tie on next Sunday, will your soul be singing? I'm not going to. But I hope that it does. I hope that when this pulpit's back for another few months, will your soul still be singing? Yes, it will be. Yes, it most certainly will be, because we know how great God is. Just like when that guy took off that powdered wig, I bet his congregation still sang from their souls about the love of Jesus. So does your soul sing? Are you joyful? Are you thankful? Do you realize the stakes? And maybe there's no better way to put it. Do you realize what's at stake here? It's far greater than us and our preferences. When the role is called up yonder, will you be there? Thanks to Jesus. Same thing with this song. There was an epic story. James Milton Black from Williamsport, Pennsylvania. He was a music teacher, a Sunday school teacher, and youth group. He never, ever missed. 
He was there all the time, and he expected his students to be there all the time, too. One day, as he was walking uh, the streets of Williamsport, he came across a young girl, and she was a, a daughter of a known alcoholic. And she had started to come and been pretty consistent for just a little while until one day when she was absent. And um, he was aggravated by it, it seems, from his own account. He was aggravated that she wasn't there that day. And when, she, when he called the roll and she didn't answer, he's like, well, I, best, I bet whenever the roll's called up yonder, she'll be there, though. She wouldn't want to miss that. And then feeling bad about it a little bit afterwards, he went by her house on the way home to see what was up. To only find out that this young lady had uh, taken ill. She had pneumonia. Now, what happened from there, uh, the story varies depending on where you find it at. Um, but uh, the fact is he went home that day and wrote the song, or the words to the song, When the Roll is Called Up Yonder. Uh, feeling maybe a little guilt, but also understanding the importance and also understanding how awesome it is that we have a God that's sending his son back. He's going to come and get us again. So does your soul sing? When the roll is called up yonder, will you be there? How great is our God? He's so great that he keeps his promises, folks. He never breaks them. We can be assured of that. That promise that he gave us through his son, Jesus, we can be assured. Our God is so great that his, in his awesome power, he sent Jesus. For you and for me. Our God is so great that when the roll is called up yonder, write this down on the last part of your bulletin. When the roll is called up yonder, thanks to Jesus, I'll be there. How great? Consider it. Think about it. Proclaim it together. Proclaim it. My God, how great thou art. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for this day that we have come together, Lord, and to worship you. Uh, thank you, Lord, uh, for being, uh, making us able to be able to uh, at least start to grasp how truly great you are. Thank you, Lord, for this creation. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the, the mouths and the ability to share your love. Lord, thank you most of all for the Christ. For our Savior, Jesus. Lord, we know how great you are thanks to him. Because of him. Because of forgiveness that you've given us. Through him, our souls sing. Help us to have our souls sing for you every single day of our lives. Help us to really understand what's at stake. As we worship you and as we reach out to others. Lord, help us to follow you in all we do. And help us to fish for men. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen.